This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome along to the Sky Blues Extra podcast, the first of the brand new 2022-23 campaign with myself, Dean Atkinson, and the man with the very best beard in the business, my very good friend, Ross Cooper. Ross, welcome along. Oh, hello, Dean. We're back, mate, the the duo. We're back for the new season. So we thought there's no better way to start the 22-23 campaign than having us two together. Give the fans what they want. That's what I say. Exactly. I have seen people calling for it on Twitter, Facebook, everywhere. You know, I had people coming up to me in my latest gig that I'm doing saying, look, when are you and Dino going to be back on the pod? And I said, well, you know, you know, wait and see. Um, so here we are. Here we are. Week one. Week one. You love to see it, right? Yes. Hopefully there won't be too many duns from me uh, this this week. Well, let's not, let's not talk too soon because I think there might be one coming up, at, <laughs> at least for, for one performance. But... It's great to be back in competitive action, isn't it? You know, it's been a long 84 days or, you know, 2,039 hours or, you know, 122,317 minutes or, you know, 7,342,200 seconds. But, you know, who's counting? No, well, no, I mean... Can you believe I actually worked that out today? Uh, I can believe that, to be honest. <laughs> I can, I can. It doesn't surprise me at all because you're you're, you're diligent. You do your homework, uh, Dino. Um, but no, I... It's it's a weird one because when I think back to there's the West Brom game, I, I remember I was doing something that day when we were away, and you know when Wilson saved the penalty. That yeah. to me doesn't necessarily because I was I went to a gig later on that day. That doesn't feel that long ago. But the Stoke game, which was the final game of the season, feels ages ago. And obviously that was that was sooner, so it's weird. But I uh, yeah, it's great for competitive football to be back. I think yeah for the last sort of week or two I've been pumped you know thinking yeah. about the Sunderland game and building up to it and having had a really good preseason, that always helps you know we know results in preseason are irrelevant you know we had a poor preseason last year and had a great start but just for that sort of confidence you know particularly when we've not had 
you know a huge influx of signings you know when you look at it now it's been a, it's been a good window but yeah uh, to have those wins was good but obviously it, it comes down to what we do you know in competitive action you talk about a great preseason what about a great preseason pod as well uh, listeners if you haven't oh. listened to that yet it or is available or watched it it is available on good all good audio streaming services such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the like. And of course, as Ross has just mentioned there, also available on YouTube. Before we get into all things Sky Blue, though, Ross, I do want to mention that unbelievable performance from the Lionesses over oh. the summer. England are European champions. I don't think, I, I don't think I'd ever, ever say those words. No, uh, it's, uh, it's brilliant, isn't it? And I think... You know, especially with England, you know, growing up, we've become accustomed to sort of disappointment, you know, and obviously, you know, the most recent only being, you know, 12 months ago, you know, mm-hmm. the, you know the the men's final get, you know, getting to penalties again and, and another disappointment. So for this tournament, you know, for the ladies, the women to, to play like they did and then get to the final against yeah. Germany at home at Wembley, almost the chance to sort of do what the men couldn't do, you know, on home soil against Ger- the Germans, it was incredible, and obviously, as the game went on, it wouldn't have been a proper England uh, performance without that little hiccup, you know, yeah, without the, that goal. The nervy bit, yeah. No, and uh, obviously, uh, yeah, I think we were all thinking the same thing as it went into extra time, thinking, please, not, not, not penalties, not penalties. Um, but, but, but it was weird. I had a funny feeling. I thought, you know, that they've got they. I feel like they felt like they had that spark in them, yeah. you know, to to do something, and they they had a little period, a little wobble. Uh, after the, you know, after the goal, but then the second, you know, in the extra time, they came again and and obviously got that goal and and what a moment! It was incredible. It was sort of, yeah, it, it was amazing. And obviously, once the final final whistle went, and just seeing the joy on their faces, you know, and, and because obviously, you know, the women that are paid nowhere, you know, like compared to say the England sort of superstars, the men's, you know, yeah. they're not on anywhere near the same sort of. Uh, money and everything but what was brilliant like the central contracts only sort of started to come in after the two, i think it was like 2009 final 2010 so that's when they started to it's still not big money of course but that's when they started to sort of get an air of professionalism around them but what that brings in such a good way i think as a fan watching is you look at them and you you just see the pure unbridled joy do you know what i mean of playing the, the game the sport they love and i'm not saying yeah. the men don't but sometimes you can feel so distance from them because they've got all this money and they, mm-hmm. they live this superstar lifestyle. Whereas I feel like you could see any of these women, these amazing women who've, who've achieved this, you know what I mean? Just walk down the street and they'd be like anyone, you know what I mean? Yeah. Their aunties, you know, or whatever, whoever it might be. I thought it was brilliant. It was amazing. And seeing the, the interviews and just the raw passion yeah. uh, on all of their faces. I, I, mean, I thought Prince William as well. I thought he looked so chuffed. Do you, I, know I, I, do you know what I liked? You know, when he was giving out the medals and stuff, he was going in for a double pack release and giving people hugs, you know, that's that's what I like to see. So, yeah, I completely agree. He looked so genuine, though. Like, you could see in his face, he sort of got red in the face. He was yeah. so proud and chuffed. And I thought, I thought it's amazing. I, I'm, I, I literally was there all week thinking... I just hope they win it. I really, this this is huge, you know. Do you think it'll be a catalyst for maybe, you know, Cov to now look at getting an official, you know, affiliation with, with a team? I know we've had Cov ladies in the past and there's Coventry United ladies or whatever they're called now. I'm, I'm not too sure with the, the rigmarole they had during last season, but it would be nice if this was the sort of catalyst to, to you know, have our own ladies team. It, it would and it was it cost you know, money though it's obviously it cost, cost a money. lot of money yeah but the other way to look at it would be 
maybe can it act as the catalyst for a lot of support to go to Coventry United ladies? Yeah, you know they're al- they're already there. Can we support them? Um, and I think you know the one thing you want it to do now is like you know it, it will shed that light you know even more on, yeah. on the women's game and people will go you know they won't t- they can't paint them with the same brush that the, the mm-hmm. men have had you know of, of course, oh, yeah. you know Bottles. serial losers you know yeah. bottlers or whatever you want to call it the women have gone and done it they've done it the European champions and they fully deserve it and uh, I I just felt so happy just watching yeah, seeing was, how happy yeah. they were it was it was a really proud moment and. Yeah, obviously, from all of us at Starbucks Extra, huge uh, congratulations to I'm sure, all of I'm, them. Sh- I'm sure that will get passed on through the traders. <laughs> 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 have you heard? Of, have you listened to Ross on that Starbucks Extra podcast? He said thanks. Oh, well done. Um, I know you love a stat. How about this one for you? Right, the last time that England won an international football tournament, it preceded the season in which Coventry City got promoted to the top English division. I love a stat, and that is a very good stat. I like that, Dean. Can lightning strike twice, Ross? That's what I need to say. Uh, all credit to Roger Ellis on Twitter, by the way, for, for pointing this one out on, on Twitter today. But yeah, can it strike twice? Um, Why not? Yes, it can. Why? Well, you you got to believe. I believe. I do. And we're obviously, we're going to discuss more. Obviously, you know, we've only one game in. But of course it can. You know, of course it can. Why not, hey? Why not indeed? Let's let's kick off then um, with our opening game of this new campaign. Taking on Sunderland at the Stadium of Bright, as I like to call it now. Uh, and Ross, to be honest, it was a game of performance that absolutely stunk of, in quotation marks, first game of the season vibes, didn't it? Yeah, it did. I think um, yeah, you're never really at your fluid best opening day of the season. We weren't last year either against Nottingham Forest for 55, 60 minutes. Uh, and then we, and then we, we came into it. We were very rusty. There was actually very quite a lot of similarities, but yeah, yeah you got to add in the context of this is, you know, this was Sunderland's cup final. Um, they, they were back. Love that. Four years. Absolutely love that. They, uh, they, get, yeah, everyone came digs, out. Get those digs in early. I'd love uh, to see they're it. Not, they're, they're not digs. They're, they're facts. <laughs> they, they came out. I only they deal all, in facts. They, I only deal with facts. And they all came out. Um, I'm going to go Rafa Benitez and go facts. You know, get out <laughs> my sheet in a minute. But uh, but they all came out to see Wardy and the Sky Blue Army, 40,000 or whatever it was. So you've got to factor that in. It was their big day, you know, in the same way that, you know, it was probably a similar euphoria like we had last year. You know, Forrest coming to town, you yeah. know, they'd have been thinking, Oh, okay. This is going to be tough because there's a party atmosphere. So the it, over, yeah, it was a performance of a bit tentativeness, a bit rustiness, um, which played into their hands, which is what they'd have wanted. You know, yeah. we didn't do what we didn't counter it by stamping our authority on the game uh, early enough. Especially that first thirty-five minutes, we just seemed to. F- lethargic was the word I probably used to describe it just everything felt sloppy both in possession you know passing the shape the movement it just all looked really really tiresome yeah very safe too too safe too and no but a lack of quality like we, yeah. we there was no tempo to our play there was no real when you got when we got it you never felt especially like you say in the first 25 30 minutes you never felt that we wanted to get at them. Do you know what or I mean? Like, have any off. control? No control. No, it, it, it was sort of like we were we we almost 
it was shades of our first year back in the championship where we sort of were just trying to almost feel our way into the game, not do anything Rush, awful yeah. uh, and, and try and feed our way in the game. And then when we'd get our spell, then we could dictate. But the problem was, you know, we, we didn't do that. You know, yeah. we conceded relatively early. Uh, let's start with the selection. Then there was a couple of uh, couple of calls Mark Robbins made, which sort of tweaked the eyeballs, shall we say. Uh, Josh Eccles was given the nod over Fankity Dabber right back, and Allen was brought in um, when there was calls for either Tavares or Palmer to play instead of obviously the, the injured O'Hare. We'll talk about O'Hare later on. Uh, but what was your, what was your thoughts on on that selection? Eccles was the one that stood out, obviously yeah. immediately, and we, we've all been. Big, big fans, big admirers of him. We th- we all predicted, you know, in that summer pod that he'll have a really good season. But I was surprised because I felt like Dabo was fit. There hadn't been any, you know, and he was sharp and and also had a good preseason. And I felt like he was the the obvious choice to start because also I, I was convinced Alan was going to start. I really did. I th- I just thought I know he's going to play. Meaning that if Eccles was at least on the bench, you'd have a central midfield option. On the bench, swap, yeah, which we didn't have because Eccles started and so did Allen. Meaning we literally had a load of great defenders, Palmer, you know, and then attackers. So we didn't have a central midfielder there. Um, It was a surprise as well because, you know, and we'll come more to him shortly. But obviously, Bidwell's quite conservative on the left side, so Eccles is as well. I think defensively, he he can be quite good. And last year he showed at right wing back, he's more than capable. Speaks a lot about. Todd Kane, that you know, he's not there. You know, when if Dabo's not going to start, yeah, uh, it looks like he he'd probably be off won't he, between now and the end of the season. But Dabo at least gives you that the way he ended last season, that attacking threat, you know, that power. He defends well, and it just felt like suddenly we were very very safe. It felt with Allen as well. It was very safe, and he, he's not going to replicate O'Hare. He no. doesn't score goals. But he's, he's a different type of player. That's well, the thing, you know. But yeah. you can't you, listen. It's hard to replicate O'Hare. With with you know with money and going out and physically buying somebody, so to have somebody in our ranks that you think is going to replace him, it's just not going to happen. And he's a no, totally true. different type of player. No, exactly. But it was sort of as a result. It, I just felt like in this formation, we then lost what we what the wing back should bring us. Yeah. By having Eccles, we then lost what the cam behind the two strikers should bring us, and not through Allen's fault, but. You know him being the only cam. He plays. He did w- well enough last year in the in the box. You know when he had O'Hare with him, but we we then lost we lost that. So we had no link between the strikers. We didn't have that wide outlet. They weren't high enough forward. So then as a result, it was you know Robin spoke about it afterwards that we were turning the ball over too too cheaply, and that's because we literally had no op- we had no options. It was like fifteen to twenty yards of space between Sheaf and Hamer and the forward line, and. Alan was trying his best to get in between both, but it felt like he was like playing as part of a, a midfield three rather than an attacking midfielder for most part, only especially in possession. Whereas in possession, you need to have your attacking midfielder way further up the pitch, and it just didn't seem to to be the case. So I was quite confused about how we sort of, you know, what was the approach when we were in possession, and it wasn't like Sunderland were like completely honest. And no. forcing us into mistakes, we were making mistakes off our own back. And just... They weren't. They weren't great either. I mean, this is the no. thing. We, we, <laughs> apart from one very poor moment, the goal, we we actually almost 
you know, we, we got away with sort of just feeling our way into the game because they really weren't doing anything either. It was like they were feeling their way into the game. Um, you know, they didn't play like a team who came out the traps, do you know what I mean? Big, big, you know, big return, etc. Um, so it yeah, it was frustrating, but I mean, obviously we're gonna get to it. I think I think in the first half system, it all comes down to the wing backs. It really does, you know. Well, let's talk the wing backs there because you know, let's let's focus on Jake Bidwell to begin with. And, you know, as fans and, you know, as sort of, I'll, I'll call us analysts on this podcast, uh, we had suspicions early that he wasn't really up to the standard that we require in that wing-back position and to suit our style. And yesterday, I think he stood out like an absolute sore form. Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing to say is, you know, I and we and... We want him to have a really good season. I want him to be really good. I want him to be the player that I saw for Swansea against us last year when we lost the CBS. And he literally didn't let Dabo get past him once. He looked really strong. He looked quick. He And I thought, wow. And so then suddenly in January when we were like, oh, we were set to sign him. I was thinking I was buzzing because I thought, I remember how good he was against us. And obviously then the first year when he came in, yeah, you put down to it of halfway through the season and you sort of try to make allowances he clearly wasn't, it's like he was getting used to how much our wingbacks need to get forward as opposed to maybe Russell Martin's sort of more possession-based sort of wingbacks. So I thought, I had hopes that, and look, we're one game in, but we, we, we I had hopes that, you know, full preseason now, he feels part of the team, part of the furniture a bit more. That, the way that, they play yeah, a bit more. That yeah, that he'd, you know, he'd be at it. He looks in good shape as well. Came back he in preseason, yep. and I thought, you know, I obviously went to Leamington, went to Warsaw, and I, I've well, he didn't play against Warsaw, but Leamington he did. And, you know, he looked really in really good shape there. So what's frustrating is it... I mean, you, you can talk about it as well, Dino, but yeah, I just felt like... took that into the season in a game where he really should assert his dominance because the two wingers are not going to get that far, that far up the pitch. And, and, that, and, and then when they don't do that, and when that's sym- symmetrical on both wingbacks, with both of them not getting high, it we lose the way we want to play and the, the the thing with Bidwell is you look at his stats from a couple of years ago of Swansea he scored goals he got a good a really good amount of assists so you're thinking okay his delivery should be really good or on point and it just wasn't he has no it looks like he doesn't have confidence to get past his man at all like everything it's it, it's frustrating to watch because like I say I really want him to be good and there's still t- obviously plenty of time left in the season but it's frustrating, especially when, like you say, we had Matson. You you look at Ian Matson, right, on Friday, and obviously we saw him, you know, obviously Friday for Burnley, but we saw him all last year. He would, you know what I mean? When he was on it, when he was How's good, go? you know, he was he was so he was so high up the pitch, he was like level with the strikers. So literally, the cam would have it, O'Hare, and you'd have Jokeres and Godden if you'd be playing the two, and then literally you'd have the left and right wing backs level with them. And the one so, time we, he, the one time in this game that that actually happened, we played an unbelievable passage of play. One touch football, Panzo into Hamer into Sheaf, Sheaf outside of the boot, down the channel, and Bidwell was off. He was gone, and then the final ball. He has two simple, simple options, and he plays the ball over the first one, and it's just ridiculous. Like the. The final ball. It's just you know, not even a an amateur would would make that mistake. I I feel. Well, and that and that shows he has it in the locker, but he just didn't do it enough. You know, 
Yeah, exactly. And then the thing is, surely the way we play like that, obviously they do do it on the training pitch, but you sort of think, well, you know, Robin's alluded to it, to be fair, in the second half, even when Dabba put across and about the strikers making the runs and stuff. But you also need the ball to be put in the area where the strikers make the runs. But the biggest disappointment for me with Bidwell's performance was was the defending for the goal. Yeah, I'm because talk about the goal. Yeah. Because you know what? For everything people have said about him, you know, criticised Bidwell safe going forward. I've always thought, especially when he filled in left centre back, you know what? I think he's a really good defender, and that's what I remember in the Swansea game last year when we played. When he played, and he literally had Dabo out the game. Dabo did nothing because I thought, wow, he doesn't let anyone get past him. He's a big guy. He's strong. He reads the game well. He's committed. There's a lot of good traits about Bidwell, and then for this goal, I mean, it, it, it's uh, if that's I watched it thinking, if this is all teams have to do to score, it like to get past our man and put a cross in, he had to do nothing. It wasn't like yeah. step over City. It was literally <laughs> drop the shoulder. And gone. And, and he, pace, he left him in the to, dust. Yeah, I mean, the first issue he has, he, he stands off the player far too much to begin with. When the player gets the ball, you know, he doesn't control it very well. He should be on him. Engage, like a, yeah. Yeah, straight in there. Give him no time to move, manoeuvre that ball out of his feet. Once he's done that, he's got Bidwell on absolute toast, hasn't he? At that point, he's seen. I mean, he's done. He's done. Like he can't. He can't get back. So then he can't stop the cross. Like you say, it all starts with that initial, the moment where he engages. You know, he either has to drop off and 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 show him inside and read it. Yes, or if you engage straight away, like you say, the bad touch, and then and obviously then the cross comes in, and then you know, (laughs) a huge fan of Simon Moore. You know, love him, but I mean, I don't know what's going on there. That was his best Bilbo Baggins ad- adventure, um, wasn't it? Impression, it Run- yeah, running out, it, ridiculous. And well, also, you, Dom Hyam doesn't jump. Yeah, that, that's frustrating. But the thing is, if Moore stays on his line, it's 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 still nil nil. He just catches it, just he lets it bounce, and he and, and then literally, it's a then. Bidwell's error for the the thing doesn't lead to a goal. You know, I mean, he he's actually sort of we're not talking about it. We 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 may be talking about him in a slightly different way. Um, because so Simon Moore doesn't. I mean, obviously, if Simon Moore ultimately is the one who, I guess, costs the goal, but it could have been prevented, and and that was what was frustrating with Bidwell um, in the game. But obviously, we've got Taiwo Aradamolo. Obviously, wasn't in the um, in the squad. He did travel though. I saw him in a in the uh, behind the scenes. He's supposed to be rapid. He's supposed yep. to. So you feel like. It's going to be interesting to see how Robbins rotates it. Obviously, Robbins has alluded to the amount of games we've got, but you wonder whether at home, for example, Rotherham, whether get at these teams. There's no I mean? doubt about it that Adam Amola plays next week. No doubt in my mind he will be straight into that team. You think starting? I don't think Mark Robbins, for all we say about he's got favourites, I don't think he could look at Bidwell's performance yesterday and say, that's how I want to approach a game at left back or left left wing back. No. There's no doubt in my mind Adam Ramona will play next And Dabo, week. Dabo will be in as yeah, well. Yeah, of course he will. Listen, the whole Dabo situation was, was weird. He played four of the four of the last five preseason games. He played what forty five minutes a time. You can't tell me he's not fit. No. He looked he looked fit when he came on. Yeah, of course he did. It was it was such a peculiar way, which, you know, screams to me Mark Robbins was a little bit apprehensive yesterday in that team setup in that yes, first half. Yes, you're right there. I think so. And I think he was a little bit afraid that it was a bit of a cauldron for you know this team to go into first game of the season. And I, in a way, I don't begrudge that. It was going to be a difficult game. I've been saying it all along. But 
after 20 minutes or so, you're seeing the game progress and you're thinking, hold on a minute, we need to get a foothold here. And the way we do that is via our wingbacks. And if these yeah. boys are not pushing forward and you join the attack, then we, you know, we've got nothing going for us. And it, and it showed. Well, well and it is. I think the thing I noticed, and obviously we've had such a consistent style of play with Robbins, but when Panzo got the ball on the left side and Hein got it, like the amount of times Panzo had to like go back because he yeah. didn't have Bidwell making those yeah, runs. No one was pushing, but Eccles was making the run, and then Hyam could get the get the pass out yeah. to him. Yeah, so it it was the that was the disjointed factor. And then, like you say, if then they play a ball into midfield, you still need Bidwell or Eccles bombing beyond, so they've got that that angled pass again. Um, like you say, and as the game went on, even after they scored, you looked at it and went, if we actually do just command our authority here like we're well in this game like yeah. these actually really yeah, are a league gonna... one side of course yeah on paper they're definitely a league one side okay they had a couple of decent performances yesterday but there's no doubt in my mind Sunderland will struggle this season that's I mean that's I think that's you know part and parcel of when you come up from league one you, you are going to struggle I think Sunderland aren't aren't any different to that to that fact. No. no I agree no, 100% I think look they could the goal they scored was completely of our own doing, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but then they really didn't really threaten. They had that one shot in the second half. They had a shot in the first half, shot in the second, which more saved. And But right other than that, time. you know, we, yeah, we obviously grew into it. Yeah, definitely. And one of the the star performances yesterday, you mentioned him just there, uh, Panzo. I thought he had an excellent game. Both, you know, asserting subdominance. There was that one-on-one situation with Stewart early in that first half. He looked absolutely solid there. Didn't let him off with anything. And then the strike off the bar. Oh, oh it was nearly ca- it was nearly ca- cash in for everybody who had a bet on Panzo oh, to score any time. Are we seeing Jake Clark's altar shoot from thirty-five? No, no, absolutely no chance. I but mean, normally was... when you hear the crowd go shoot, shoot, you know, it's it's always a woeful effort. But my God, he looks like he's got. Real, real quality. Like I think he, re- he look, clearly looks like he's clearly good with the ball at his feet. He's a Rolls he, Royce of a player. Yeah, he is. He is the way he sort of he sort of glides around the pitch. You know, yeah. it looks like he he makes up ground without look like he he never mm-hmm. looks like he's he's in desperate. Yeah, you know, he's never got in that stage of like, oh crap, the player's gone. I'm in trouble. He always look. You always feel. I always felt like anyway. He has control. Oh, he, he's got control. He, yeah. he knows where the guy is. He knows what to do to deal with him. And yeah, really good debut for him. And and again, he showed, and we've all been crying out for it at different times. And to be fair, to be fair Robbins has been playing it a lot in preseason. When we moved to the back four, he fitted in perfectly uh, in that central defence. Yeah. And the big chance fell to the man you'd want it to fall to, Matty Godden. Um, guilt edge opportunity it was just head in hands moment, isn't it? And to be fair, he has held, held his hands up and apologised. But, you know, got to score, Matty. The thing is, it's, um, again, great pressing from the front. You yeah. know, we're really good at that. You know, winning the ball. It was uh, Hamer, I think, won it. And I think Godden thinks someone's around Behind him. him. Yeah. Because he because he literally could have took a touch and then finished it. Because the, the, the defender's nowhere near him. Could Hamer but, have took that ball on as well, do you think? Uh, potentially could have. We literally had a queue of people. Like You couldn't ask for a better chance. Uh, to score. And obviously, Matty Godden knows this. And look, I love Matty Godden. He, given that 10 times, he scores nine of them. Mm-hmm. It just so happened that the one was was on uh, was on Sunday. And look, I've, I've seen people on Twitter saying, you know, if that was Waghorn or you know, whatever, 
that you know and miss that you'd be getting a hell of a lot more abuse than than Godden. I mean, he probably would be. Yeah, but, I wonder like, why. Well, the the reason is because obviously you know Matty Gon scored twelve goals last year, was injured for part of the season. Um, I think Tyler Walker would have scored that. To be fair, <laughs> I, I do. Um, but look, God, I love Godden. I think he, I think he thought someone was on him. Yeah, um, because yeah. he because he hit it so well, so for so you know, but he literally could have took a touch and just side footed it past the keeper. But that that's a moment in the game when you suddenly go. Because oh, yeah, if we score so. there, we win yeah. the game. Yeah, we think, win the game. And then you kind of doubted yourself, thinking, you know, this isn't our day here and now, is it? You yeah. know, you, you get those thoughts in your mind, especially as a Coventry City fan. Oh, it's part and parcel, start, isn't it? it? You start thinking, is it going to be one of those days? Yeah. You know? um, but we, it wasn't. We grew into the game. I thought the, the natives got restless at the stadium of, uh, of Bright. We turned the tide. And the atmosphere got really intense, I thought, at that point, because all you could hear was the Skybo army. And it was just boos and jeers and jitters from the from the home crowd. Yeah, they, I mean, like you say, they, they you know they, they got even quieter, um, and they they do 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 football in a library. library. Do, do, do. But no, they got that even was quite, quieter. Actually, can I just mention that was quite funny because I, I think it was the uh, the the lead commentator. I don't know his name on, on Sky. Don Goodman. No, he can't say Coventry. By the way, he says Coventry. 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 That's a bad impression, but yeah, the the actual lead commentator was like, "Can the Sky Blues turn the tide of this atmosphere? It's rocketed here." That all you hear is the Cov fans singing "Do Do Do Football in a Library." It does make me laugh. It's but... the absolute Sunderland loving affair with Sky, though, isn't yeah, it? It's so uh, annoying. It's, it's it's boring. It's almost as boring as Vincent Company's Burnley already. You know, one yeah. game in, but oh, God, but yeah. but no, you're right. We 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 the biggest thing is they kept giving the ball away, and every time they did, you could hear the groan. We Panzo having the ball literally ten yards in their half. You know, we 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 were then getting on top, and you suddenly felt like, okay, we're we're in command here. I feel like every time they couldn't get out, it was sustained attacks, sustained pressure, sustained territory, and obviously um, that was then further sort of compounded um, with the changes um, and the subs. And it was it was good. You know, we we talked a lot last year about Robins and subs, and this year we he can make five. Um, and he, he actually made a few in, in quite a short space of time. Matt Robbins went into full fuck it mode, didn't he, at that point? <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever seen him do that. He like fought, went four at the back, completely restructured the midfield and those front lines. And the tide changed dramatically with, yeah. with Fanky Dabo's appearance. Oh, and well, Tavares. Oh, the and link that right up between side. them two was, was unbelievable. It, well, the Sky co-commentator kept saying that, that Jack Clark, who was on the, the left, hadn't been tested. He was on the yellow card. He was on the yellow card, but Eccles hadn't like tried to test him once. We didn't have then a right winger because obviously it's down to the wing back. So then suddenly he, he had an f- easy afternoon defensively. He, we then change it, and it's clearly something we've been working on. We've seen it in preseason four at the back, this four three three or four two three one. However, you know it, it sort of fluid, you know, changes between that depending on you know defensive and offensive structure. But it, it completely changed the game. Dabo came on and was exactly what we what we needed. Uh, Tavares came on and you know what I watched him you know 40,000 championship game I thought he's ready he, he's ready to play a big part whether that's 100%. off the bench he 100%. looked he, he looked so lively off the right and actually this was the formation that when we beat Forest in preseason and it was Walker in the middle Vic on the left 
Tavares on the right. Even Walker looked up for it yesterday. Walker looked proper up for it. And Vic, he is great off the left because actually, how many times do you see him on that left? Even when he's playing just as a striker, cutting on his right foot, you know, and dribble, dribble, stuff like that. Classic Thierry Henry position. Yeah, it it, it worked a treat actually. And and then obviously Casey Palmer came on. Uh, Fads was the one to leave, which obviously makes sense. And then we had Panzo and Haim at the back four. Bidwell then played better, you know, because yeah, I think he's he, a left back. Yeah, he's a left um, back. Yep. He's a left back. Everything just seemed to go... Click. Everything yeah, clicked. And we, well. we, we we looked still great defensively. But And I thought Palmer showed some moments. He he linked up with Hamer a few times. He, he was close to them, you know, him and Sheaf. And there was moments where I thought, oh, you could see there was a little bit of rustiness there. But I thought there was a couple of moments where he had that shot. He took it, turned, got the shot away. Yes, it went over the bar. But I thought, I see something here. Like, he, he, he tried a couple of passes. They were over here. They, they went out of play, but they were the right idea. They were the right passes. It was just the execution. So I saw moments, but like you say, Tavares and Dabo down the right-hand side, suddenly we were causing problems, getting crosses in the box, and you just felt like it's coming. Yeah, and the atmosphere changed. And, you know, sort of talking of atmospheres, I don't know if you've seen it, Ross, but some of the footage from the Skyby Tavern on the socials yesterday, it looked like a brilliant day there tons of people getting fully stuck into that fantastic beer selection of course including the sky blue army lager which take it from me was a brilliant pint and i am by no means a beer drinker and remember so if you get a pint of sky blue army lager that money goes to the club you know uh, so it's a great way to support the club as well and i'm sure people were having a nice curry and enjoying some food and stuff as well so um yeah no the, the footage looks amazing and it's a great place to watch the game especially when you're away from home on sky because obviously you know, you, only only the elite supporters with the amount of points can go. So everyone else on low points can go to the tavern and watch it together. Yeah, and if you are unaware, the Scrabby Tavern are our brand new sponsors at Scrabby Texture this year. Some brilliant deals in tow at the tavern too. A beer and a curry for less than a tenner. Unbelievable value. So listeners, make sure the next time the Sky Blues are away from home on, on the telly, get yourself down there and get stuck in. Just like the Sky Blues did, they got stuck into this game and Big Vic, the Big Vic energy came to the to the throw once again. 1-1. One, one. Oh, eh, superb goal. Superb Unbelievable goal. Panzo bringing it forward again. Again, we had them penned in. Panzo had it 10 yards inside Sunderland half. Played the ball to Vic and yeah, excellent. Great, great turn like he does. Quick feet. Took it to the right, and what a strike! I mean, he hit hit that so hard, and like so cleanly, the keeper had absolutely no chance. Like it was, it obviously was right in the corner, but he hit it so well, it was like in the back of the net before you knew it. I want the sound of that ball hitting the net as my new text ringtone. Yeah, it's so clean. I want Fabio Tavares shushing the Sunderland fans. Oh, that is my good. new phone background. That is class. Yeah, we need a better picture from Getty Image of that for sure. Hopefully there is one around somewhere. But yeah, unbelievable strike. And we talked about last year with, with Vic. When he has time to think about things, he seems to make an error. Whereas yesterday, it was just a snapshot out of nowhere. And it was just hit with such conviction. And you see that in the first half where he took those two players on, come inside... And he knows he has to clip that round the corner into the far corner. But this goal, he just hits the ball out of no- nothing, really. And it finds the back of the net. A bit like the Cardiff game last year when he did exactly the same. 100%. And the Stoke game where, you know, he was on that massive drought and just shot. When he's instinctive, when he, like you yeah. say, when he doesn't think about it, he is um, 
he's unreal, you know, because, you know, we all know about, he actually had a really poor game overall, I thought. He was quite quiet. Mm -hmm. But this is what makes a great player, that out of nothing, when it was instinctive, he took it. And it, you almost just, you could almost see it, just sort, yeah, he's going to hit it, and it, it back in the net. But like you say, there's games where he's not the cleanest of finishers, or wasn't last season, this season he may well be, where, like you say, he gets time on it, and you sort of go... Oh, you know, what's, what's he going to do? do? Yeah. Uh, whereas when when he doesn't have time to think about it, when he's un, sort of under that pressure and he's just in the moment, yeah, it's he, he's he hits the ball so well, and it was it was a brilliant goal, and it it was it was no less than what we deserved uh, at that point. One hundred percent. Obviously, one big downside to to yesterday is the news of of Callum O'Hare and his hamstring injury. Obviously, all the Cov fans went into absolute meltdown as they do Friday night and Saturday. Obviously, talk of, of Burnley coming back in. Was the hamstring a, a sort of ploy to, to say that he's actually off? But Mark Robbins sort of made that clear yesterday in his post-match comments to say that Callum is not going anywhere and it is just a hamstring injury that he has got in training. Last kick of training as well, which is very, very frustrating. Very Coventry City, that. Back heel, last kick of training, trying to back heel, yeah. and he's felt a tweak. Look, the word tweak... And felt something to me suggests, and hopefully is only is weak, rather than yeah. a, a serious tear. Yeah, you know, like which a is Liam like, Kelly. Yeah, tear. where you go, ah, th yeah, there's, there's a problem here. The evasiveness of Robbins, and Robbins can be quite like that, suggests to me actually it might not be that bad. But, you know, Robbins always likes to sort of quell your expectations. Yeah, he downplays everything. He downplays right? things, yeah. right? He tries to always, but he, he always, he never wants to, he under promises. But he under promises, under promises, but and over delivers. Like he'd rather he'd rather make you think something's not going to happen, or you know, temper your expectations. And if it happens sooner, which might be the reality, then we go, oh great, he's very honest. He wouldn't. Can I just uh, remind you that he did say he had three players lined up in the first week of of the transfer window, and that's what I mean. <laughs> when Robbins actually does say something where you go, oh, but the hell, he's getting excited. Then it doesn't happen. Then everyone's like, nah. But um. But no, it, it's a real shame. We, you almost, how I felt when, you, and it, I wasn't worried that it was anything to do with a transfer or anything, but how I felt him not being in the starting 11, then made me go, oh, this is how I'd feel every week if, if we he sold him. Yeah. Um, look, he's a big loss. We love him. Hopefully his injury is just until the 2nd of September window slams shut. And all of a sudden <laughs> the magic sponge is out and he's back. Um, Look, the sooner he's back, the better. Um, we missed him yesterday, didn't we? He's that he's that link, that missing link between the forward line and the midfield, and you know the ball retention and the you know but moving the ball up the field is so important in the way we play. To then involve the wing backs, and Callum is the one that really really involves the wing backs. So, yeah, it's disappointing. Maybe that maybe that was the issue yesterday. He'd yes. Yeah, I think it was, but I just think I do think the first half the wing backs was the problem. I think I think O'Hare would thrive in in that four at the back four I two. I thought you were going to say O'Hare would thrive in that Burnley team. <laughs> no, no, not at all. No, absolutely not. Actually, um, he did not fit in that Burnley team whatsoever. Even no. the way if they if that's the way they're going to play on Friday night, that there's there's no reason for them to listen have Vincent I know you're listening Vincent company if you listen to this he will not fit as a winger last time I saw O'Hare on the wing was MK Dons back in League One away nil nil it was Hiwula O'Hare and Bakayoko as a front three no O'Hare's uh, can 
I rem- I remember that game. I was um I went on the BBC CWR afterwards. Haruna missed a penalty, didn't he? He missed a penalty. Yeah. And I went and got a massive KFC afterwards. Oh, too. missed out on that. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah. We could have gone Nando's. Yeah, well, we could have. That's that. <laughs> if you're playing Nando's bingo, listeners, there's the yeah. first one <laughs> of the, the season. One. Uh, there'll be plenty more. <laughs> <laughs> to come uh unfortunately there's no loyalty card on, on this one to get you a free quarter of a chicken but um it's it's a nice game to play but no uh, it, he he is a big miss i hope he won't be long because he gives you that x factor you know and that but like people had said on twitter he's not really had an injury for, no. for, since we've yeah. had him yeah um yeah. so obviously at some point you know it's going to happen uh hopefully it is just one that you know, keeps him out for a few, you know, handful of games, and then he can come back and and and, and you know and, and help the team again. So, look, it was a loss, I think, but we did show with that four at the back. Actually, we did show that actually we 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 did look effective. I think the problem in the first half was, and then you instantly go, oh, where's O'Hare? Is because you know the wing backs weren't. You know, if we'd had, you know, Dabo and Aradamola playing, you know, on either wing. In the first half, and we were totally bombing forward. Game. Totally different, totally different game. game yeah, you know. Um, so, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll, hopefully, it won't be long. We'll wait and see. I guess. But that also fills me with confidence because if we have Adaramola and Dabo come in, at least we know that if we drop to a four, we've got an option there that we can play differently, and it kind of worked. I know it was only against Sunderland, but it definitely worked against yep. them. It, it did work. They've clearly been working on it. As I say, we've seen it against Forest. Seen it. Lemons and seen it at other games as well. Tavares, re- really exciting player because we're not then playing with wingers as such, but these inside forwards, you know, supporting, you know, Vic on one side, Tavares, Walker, you could have Walker or Godden there. Then you've got Palmer or O'Hare in that sort of cam, you know, or, you know, in the midfield three with Sheaf and Hamer. Suddenly you go, this is exciting. I mean, Dabo was still getting so high up, you know, I mean, he was like on the byline putting yeah. crosses in. Yeah. And and you sort of feel like, yeah, this yeah, this is exciting. Like we're almost sort of we're, we're sort of suffocating him, aren't we? He flashed that one across the box, and someone just needed to you know take a gamble yeah. on a front post run because the keeper just grabbed out of out of thin air. It's a goal. If someone's That's there, and just flicks it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So light at the end of the tunnel for the Sky Blues. Maybe there is a plan A, B, and C this season. Uh, after all, um, yeah. So let's let's look forward to that. Uh, let's get your man of the match then, Ross, for the first game of the season. Uh, for us, I, I think uh, Jonathan Panzo, uh, man of the match, I thought um, coming in, you know, to the back three and obviously playing in the back four, new signing, you know, still getting used to his surroundings and teammates. I, I thought he looked a really gifted, accomplished player. Um, and I think there's more to come, clearly. He's already shown in preseason, he's got an eye for goal. He showed again in Sunderland that he can also kick it as well as head it. And, 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 you know, almost scored the goal of the season. That would have been it, you know, if that had flown in. So, yeah, Panzo for me. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra. Next up for the Sky Blues, we entertain Paul Warren's Rotherham United, who are spending their seventh, se- seventh starting their seventh season in a brand new league. Uh, we've got a lot of recent history against Rotherham, don't we, Ross? One of the teams that, obviously, we had to beat to stay up effectively a couple of seasons ago. Uh, it's nice to see them back at the CBS. Yeah, and I believe I think it's their first visit to the the CBS with fans or and, and stuff because obviously we were at Birmingham year before uh, when we played them etc. So 
Rotherham's weird one. I know in our preseason pod at the tab, and I, you know, people thought I, I didn't like them or something because I said, oh, they were, you know, going to finish rock bottom. But I actually quite like Paul Warren. I like his sort of honesty. Um, he, you know, he talked, he's so uh, forthright with, with his answers. You know, he, he literally doesn't, he doesn't hide anything either. No, he's Obviously, the type Mark, of manager that you, you'd want to do anything for as a player. I think he wears his heart and sleeve. I, I think by the end of the season, he always sounds and looks so exhausted. Like he literally puts his, you know, blood, sweat and tears, life and soul into it. Obviously, he's Mark Robbins, former strike partner. So they've got a bit of history. If it, so, he feels like one of the good guys of English football management, like, like Mark Robbins. Yeah, I do. I think, I think Paul Warner's never really, like he always speaks honest. Like if we beat Rotherham, when we beat them at St. Andrews, you know, in the behind closed doors season, he was honest and was like, you know, yeah, we didn't really deserve to get anything today. You know, he doesn't sugarcoat anything. There's so many managers like who, like it was funny because obviously they drew to Swansea and obviously it wasn't at the game or anything. And I listened to uh, Paul Warren speak about the game. And then you listen to uh, um, Russell Martin speak about the game. And you, you, you know which is the most close to what actually happened. It's what Paul Warren says because he said, they, you know, we could have lost the game. But you all went, yeah, we could have won it. Whereas Russell Martin, it's like, well, you know, it's all just Swansea, Swansea, Swansea. It's all, you know, roast into glasses. So I, I like Paul Warren, you know, during that COVID season when we were fighting relegation as well. I didn't particularly like him when they had about four games in hand and they seemed to postpone them all the time. I did have a little period of not liking them. But look, I, I just don't think, and he's even admitted it, Paul Warren, that, yeah, they're getting gazumped, not financially necessarily, but also just by club size. You know, they, they struggle to get the players in. Look, it's going to be a tough game. They got a good point at home. They're going to want to build on that. Um, I don't but, think that's a good point, by the way. I think that's an absolutely brilliant point. Against a, yeah, against a Swansea team that absolutely dominated possession. Some really, really good attacking threats in that Swansea side. And, and they really, really, you know, back to the wall, played really well. No, they did. They did, to be fair. And actually, make a good point. And Swansea did. You know, if you haven't seen it, watch this Oberfemi's miss. It's, oh, have you, oh it's, it, it's. I mean, it's sick now, isn't it? it you'd could be a score miss that, this season. You'd oh, score that. Hey, now um, I was a prolific goal scorer in the under under thirteen to fourteen Coventry <laughs> North District League. But uh, I'm sure. I'm sure you were. <laughs> um, but uh, but no, I look. Yeah, very good point. And they'll be pleased with that because you know you know when they when they've gone up and down, up and down. You don't want to start with a defeat that yeah they're on the board they're, they're off the mark look they come to the cbs now we're at home we've got you know look swan uh, sunderland you know big rivals i wanted to beat them but in the cold light of day after the event i'll take the point you know we came back from behind if we can go and beat rotherham which we need to do then we'll, it'll be a good start to the season and they're never easy games against rotherham though we never no. seem to have it you know easy you know you know we lost four nil a couple of seasons back and we beat them three one at home um in the in the season they got relegated. But they're all tough games. They really give each team a run for their money in this division. They match up really, really well. Look, they're very defensively well organized. They have a style. You know, they use what they've got well, um, and, and to their benefit. They they will look to be solid and they will yeah. think first thing frustrate. keep a clean sheet and if they yeah frustrate and as the game goes on and the longer it's nil nil and they get a set piece they get a corner long throw and we switch off for a second it'll end up in the back of the net and then we're chasing the game and, and I'm I'm done done everyone with chasing the game last season we went behind far too often 
27 we, points gained, though, from losing positions, the most in the division. But you can't keep doing that. No, you, no. You, you can't no, keep that, doing that. Your do luck you know? runs we, out, effectively, at some we, point. You know, look, but also there's been certain things where, you know, a couple of goals, and it was quite right that the referees played that extra time, but they might not play that extra time. They might yeah. blow the whistle, and we might of go, course, oh, yeah. referee. And <laughs> then suddenly we don't score that goal against uh, Preston. We don't score that goal against Blackburn. <laughs> when we're on top in games, we need to, we need to score. We need to take the lead. Um, and if we do that, we're very good at getting a result, if not all three points. We haven't done that enough to, you know, showing our dominance and asserting no. ourselves on, on matches. And that's that's something maybe that could change this season. That maybe is the is the difference that takes in, into, you know, contention for the top it, six. So 100% it is because, yes, we got however many points from losing positions, but there was games where we went behind and we, unfortunately we just couldn't get back and get a result and we lost the game. If we take the lead in those games, especially when Luton at home, I remember distinctly because we were all over them. Hamer had just got his new contract. We were absolutely battering them. And chance then literally, chance, yeah. Vic, Vic missed an unbelievable chance. They went up the other end and scored from literally like level with the byline. Like it was so tight angle. And I literally sat there, like laughed and just like, I, you can't believe it. And then we go, lo and behold, we go and lose the game. Yeah, we're chasing. You got, we're chasing. And these are, the t- these are the sort of teams you don't want to be chasing against. No, no, no. And these are the games where if you have any promotion ambitions, you definitely need to pick up three points. And it will be a very, very different Rotherham side heading to the CBS. A lot of different players have, you know, have, have come into, into the ranks. And a lot of their big names have, have actually left this season, which is remarkable coming back into the championship. The likes of Michael Smith, Michael Ekweke, Freddie Ladapo, Angus McDonald. A huge amount of experience there, 29, 30, 31 years old that have just, just lost coming into, you know, what's going to be a, a very tough year at the bottom of this championship division. Well, well, imagine if, you know, the year we won the league, if suddenly Matty Godden, our top goal, goal scorer, went, yep. you know, went and... That's three of those know, whistles you've done tonight. Yeah, I know, I'm on, on, on a roll. You've been practising. If you're playing whistle bingo, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, fads, and gone, do you know what I mean? <laughs> but like, yeah, look, they've lost a lot of experience. But the, the other thing with Paul Warren's team, and as you quite rightly said, you feel like you'd want to play for him, is they're very hard working. The players they brought in yeah. will work hard. They might not be, have that. We've clearly got a way better squad in terms of ability, but they're going to come and they will try and outwork us. We have to work as hard as them. And if we do, uh, and we're good with the ball, we will win the game. But if we're sloppy, if we invite pressure, if we're not at it, and Rotherham are, which that's what their sort of baseline is, then we could, you know, there could be, uh, it could be a sticky game. Yeah. Oh, Tom Eaves is one of the guys they've brought in this year, talking of hard work, and he really is a hard worker at the top of the pitch. will run all day on that back line. I, I remember the whole City game last season where he just absolutely tore our defence apart, not with, you know, any great quality, but just pure power and determination, which, if that makes sense. But Dino from under 13s Coventry League would have tore our defence apart that night because we were awful. Oh, we were game. awful. Yeah, that that is. That's, there's no. That was after standard. we had the Nando's. There's no real standard to judge there, and um, to, to be fair. So, how would you approach it then, Ross? Would you would you go with you know like we said, Dabo and Adam Ramola, and, and what do you do with the the cam position? It's you know with with O'Hare missing. It's funny because you asked me what I do. I know what I would do, but I just know Robbins won't do it. Uh, so I personally would go Dabo has to start I'd go I'd bring Palmer in I, I really would I, I just I think we need he needs to play 
I'd, yeah. I'd go Palmer behind the strikers. I'd get, I'd have give Adramola and uh, Dabo in, and then the rest of the team the same. Picks itself, yeah. But I know exactly what he will do. He will play Bidwell. He will start him. I'm guaranteed, Dino. I'll be shocked. I'll be shocked if Robbins doesn't play Bidwell. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Do you not? Think, do you think he'll? Do you no, think I don't think. I, I don't. I. I think Mark Robbins, you know, for all my faults with Mark Robbins, I think he's got to look at that game on Saturday and go, Jake Bidwell has offered us absolutely nothing. Nothing of no, apart from one very good run. You can't you can't play like that at home. Like Adam Romola, he's had a stop start preseason, but for the first 60 minutes, get him on the pitch. And if you have to, switch to a four and put Panzo left back. Or, 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 exactly. And the thing is, with the wing-backs, they can be adventurous because you've got the three centre-backs yeah. there covering. And you know Sheaf and Haber are just going to mop up all over the pitch anyway. Yeah. Well, maybe, yeah. So I maybe wouldn't have had a remote if I was playing a back four. Maybe that's why you say. No, it, no, or, yeah. or, or, or the other way, or the, the other way we could, we could approach it is we could, and I hadn't actually thought of this, we, he could start Bidwell, but we could play a back four. And we could yeah. we could yep. start the team, start the the formation, the four three three, that we that we had um, that we ended the game uh, that we ended the game. And actually, I could see, I could see him doing that because Allen then could play, and he could literally play Sheaf with Hamer and Allen either side. Yeah, Tavares, you know, he could give Tavares a start. He could play Godden in the middle with Vic on the left or something. But I think you'll probably go with the wing backs and play Bidwell and, and Dab. I think Dabo will come in. But it's nice to have a chat, isn't it? That we have an option. Like it's just yeah. last year it was like, yeah, we're gonna play three at the back, for five in the middle, uh, two up to one. Yeah, yeah it's well, it was why it week. was either one up top or two up top, box or not box. It was there was no the, the back that five was the always to box or not to box. Nox, that is the, that question. is the question. And if the F one fans, Ferrari boxed wrongly yesterday twice. But there you go. That's for another day and another podcast. Uh, right, let's get your score predictions, Ross. For this for this one, do you see a home win on what's going to be an absolutely awful oh, pitch? Let's quickly talk about that. Um, I, I what it, are they the, thinking? The pitch looks worse than it that it did at any point last year. I, I don't. I've never gone along with the, the the narrative of last year. I thought the pitch at the start of the season against Forest, first few games was 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 great. It was a carpet for most of the season. It was good. It was fine. Yeah. Like it, it was it was a seven out of ten. You know, but this pitch already, I don't know what, and that was with Wasp playing all last year. I look at some of the pitches and I'm like, that is, that is Gillingham home return to the Rico <laughs> tractor along the you know, train tracks along the pitch, sort of like skid marks. Tran, like, Tranmere, Boxing Day away, Matty Godden hat trick. I, I don't know what they can do in it's a week. Boxing Day? But, but all I will say is, and I know Robbins will mention it both pre and post game. I don't want the excuses. I, I'm done with excuses. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear... To be honest, lose. professional footballers should have enough quality to be able to trap a ball in, on any surface. I mean, it's frustrating because I remember when we first moved to the ground, it was the best pitch in the league and it was like yeah. unreal all the time. Yeah. It is frustrating. But last year, it was more than playable. And I got annoyed when Robbins used to sort of say about the pitch because I thought, it's fine. Like It looked, it was better than it, St. Andrews was the year before in February, March time, 100%. Whereas this, I don't know what this Rugby Sevens has done to it, but it, I mean, it's, it's, it's butchered it. Ross, good to chat, mate. Really good to chat. Thank Score you. Score prediction. For me? For me. Yeah. Oh, did I didn't give you one. Oh, no, sorry. Because just... I was wrapping up. I know you're wrapping up. And I thought we haven't had our predictions. Okay, well let's let's go. Sorry, let, good. Thanks for thanks for stopping my tracks. Let's go. Let's go with your score prediction then, mate. 
Well, I'm going to go 2 0 to the Sky Blues. How about you? I'm going to go for a 3 1 Sky Blues victory. To kick off the, the home campaign in style. In absolute style. Scenes. Scenes at Singers Court. Bidwell hat trick. Oh, stop it. Now, now you are talking shite. Uh, many thanks, Ross, for, Good, for joining, me, joining me this evening. Also, many thanks to our sponsors, of course, at the Sky Blue Tavern. We'll be back next week to unwrap that Rotherham fixture and also, obviously, a little look ahead to our Carabao Cup tie versus Bristol City and, of course, the, the Millwall game on the Saturday after. In the meantime, you can keep across all our socials at Sky Blues Extra and get involved in the conversation yourself using the hashtag Sky Blues Extra Podcast. See you then. Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra Podcast. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.